0: empower radio presents out of the fog join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher karen hager for lively positive conversation with lightworkers healers and dynamic wisdom keepers get ready for inspiration and connection this is out of the fog on empower radio here's your host karen hager
1: hello and welcome to out of the fog i'm karen hager Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. KarenHager.com is a good place to find out about all the other shenanigans I get up to. There are always shenanigans with me, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook where I'm Fog City Psychic. Now, today's guest has had the great fortune to work with some amazing healers, his wonderful, funny, and difficult, loving dogs. They kept him going in times of great stress, fear, and loss, and along the way, he was given opportunities to remember, over and over, how to love. Dogs are healers, Michael Overly says, and he knows they can help lead us back to ourselves. Are you ready to meet him? Michael Overly is a lifelong dog fanatic. He's had a gift of connecting with animals since he was a small child. Dogs have been with him most of his life, giving him gifts and teaching him lessons. His greatest breakthrough was after the death of his brother. And while grieving this loss, he was fully awakened to his own potential and the gifts animals bring to our lives. Now he helps other men awaken to the gifts available to them from their dogs. He's dedicated himself to assisting us and our dogs to discover our path to living a life of purpose, being extraordinary, remembering. This is Michael's purpose, his mission on earth. You can find out more about that in his new book, Let Your Dog Lead. And his work is at dogsandmen.com. Michael, welcome to Out of the Dog.
0: Thank you so much. I feel like a family member.
1: Oh, thank you. I almost said out of the dog there. So I guess I'm also <laughs> kind of feeling feeling into this. I'd love to hear from you about any one of the amazing dogs That you've been with during your life and how they've brought you healing how they've helped you
0: Mm. let's start with darby um or we can just focus on darby for about six days worth of material (laughs) so he was the greatest catalyst for change in my life he's the dog that i had um, at the time of my brother's death and was able to help me really uh kind of fulfill um this direction that i'm heading in and (laughs) and allow me to see and notice all these amazing things that are going on that I had no idea about. So um, he was a little pit bull mix, had his own little rough story. He was uh, a rescue from a dog fighting thing. They were using him as a bait dog. Oh. So he was all beat up, chewed up, scared to death when I got him. And uh, and God, he, he just taught me um, love and acceptance and patience and um, the ability to just be. He was my little Zen master. This dog taught me so, so much. Um, he is an energy healer. Well, he, He's moved on. He's, he passed away earlier this year in May. But I witnessed him giving healing to other people, including a Reiki master, family members, friends, neighbors. It was fantastic. I'd never seen anything like it. I wasn't even aware of anything like this until after my brother's death when I got cracked open. And this dog was here to show me, hey, there's other ways to be and other ways to help. And it was it was really because of his tenacity for for love and bringing people together that I was able to move forward in my life. It was just amazing. Wow.
1: Why do you think some of us form such strong bonds with dogs?
0: Well, We hear a lot about unconditional love, which is true, and it's just fantastic. But we kind of stop there. Oh, my dog loves me unconditionally right on. I'm good to go. Well, what is it that your dog's trying to show you? And why do you need that from your dog? Why can't you get that somewhere else? Why aren't you able to give that to yourself? So these are things I started to get into. I started to like dive into and I realized man, I didn't like who I was. Oh my gosh. I was bitter and angry and, you know, victim story. And I I was just not in a great place. And I thought, Oh, he's trying to show me that all these other ways to be, and that I, I can find out who I actually am. I just need to try and remember. So people get hung up and we love the comfort, you know, dogs are fantastic. They want to, they want to make a smile and laugh. And some are just cuddlers and that's just this important thing to us. So we, ha- we hold on to that. We create this, this desperate need, this bond for this animal to get, keep giving us this thing that we think is unobtainable. So I think that's true for so many people. We don't realize that it's accessible in other ways, in other areas of our lives.
1: The, one of the dogs who's been a big healer in my life was the amazing Pepper the dog, um, and she passed in September. One of the things about Pepper was that she had so much joy and curiosity and there was a vibrancy about her that when you were with her, petting her, playing with her, throwing the ball over and over and over, she was a black lab, Jack Russell mix. So there was a lot of throwing the ball, throwing the ball with her over and over and over. You couldn't be anywhere other than with her. She brought me again and again, into the present moment
0: oh yeah oh yeah it's interesting but they they give us what we individually are needing sometimes we see it sometimes we don't um so darby again a little pitbull mix you would think you know with the reputation pitbulls have that he was this fierce thing he did keep me from walking up on a mountain lion one night in, at a cabin which was fantastic oh my but- gosh I would let him outside my place down in in this Colorado Springs area, and he would just go visit the different neighbors and do his thing, <laughs> come back, hang out. But he would literally go graze with the deer, mm-hmm. right? So this dog bonded with all these wild animals, and you know the squirrels would come up and sniff him, and and the fawns would come up and sniff him, and it was he was just amazing. He just had this incredible soft energy, fiercely loyal and protective, but if he didn't need to be, then he wasn't on guard. It was just amazing how he could be in any moment.
1: You say that dogs are always allowing us to be vulnerable. Why is that vulnerability so important? What what changes mm-hmm. when we let ourselves be broken up in a bit, when we let ourselves be vulnerable?
0: Yeah, what a great question. So, I will speak more so for men in this context, but we're, we're not raised to show signs of weakness, to show vulnerability, to let anybody know we're hurt, whether it's physically or emotionally. Um, don't let them see you cry, blah, 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 blah. It's crazy. All these things that our parents taught us, and it wasn't out of a bad intention. That's just where they were coming from. But they don't understand that. They're not allowing us to express so if we can be a tiny bit vulnerable, get get a little bit uncomfortable, we can, we'll realize, oh, God, that really wasn't that bad. And then next time, maybe you can, you can talk about something else. And Next time, you can talk about something a little deeper. We're so afraid of being judged uh, as weak or imperfect or less than. It's because we don't think that we're enough ourselves at our core.
1: And there's that. There's something about dogs at least that I've found that let us feel that we are accepted as we are. And it's hard to be vulnerable, it's hard to be transparent if we're used to thinking that we'll be that we shouldn't let them see us cry, that we should be able to do everything all by ourselves. It's hard for us to find that vulnerable edge when we feel like we're not good enough as we are no matter how we are. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And they're constantly just, they're not just showing us that, that we can be loved, but that we're worthy of love, right? We don't, we don't have to worry about impressing our friends or your dog doesn't care what kind of car you drive or how big your house is. They'll have fun and they just want to be with you, right? They're trying to show us all these things all the time. They can see and feel our energy. They know how we, that how we're acting even before we do, they know what's coming. They're so in tune. Um, I've got a buddy who's a retired army ranger sniper, and he's you know, he's a tough guy, like a you know, severe tough guy, special forces. But when it comes to his dogs, he's he's just you know, just getcha, getcha, get you, know, <laughs> he just turns into this this mushy puddle of love. But with friends, family, co-workers,
1: oh hell no. Mm. So I think maybe dogs help integrate a little bit. Some of those, right? Some of those parts. Seen and known, seen and known as we are exactly as we are in all the the ways, in all the ways that we are. You've said that you've, since you were a child, had a gift of connecting with animals. And I know that over the years on this program, we've interviewed animal communicators. Mm -hmm. In your connection with animals, Michael, are you can you sort of hear them talking to you? What does it feel like, the quality of that connection? Um, It
0: depends on how open I am at the moment. Um, I actually studied animal communication under someone. And at times I could just dial right in and it felt almost like a conversation. Um, Most times it's not like that. It's more, uh, it's a hint, it's a glimpse. Maybe I get a, a partial image of something. Um, I get a little hit on something, and, uh, but still, I, I talk to the dog like, like oh, oh, okay, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, and I, I understand, so it's, it's fascinating, and, you know, most of us have this intuition, but we don't remember that we have it, we, everybody's got the gift, we just bury it under loads and loads of stuff throughout our lives, we're all so deeply connected, but we, we somehow manage to hide that from ourselves.
1: So, if somebody was listening and wanted a deeper connection with their with their dog, how would they? How could they start that?
0: Yeah, just start. So, um, find a quiet place and just—I mean, don't expect like a full conversation coming coming flowing into your head because you might be making that up if that happens. Right. Maybe not, but just ask your dog. You know, what do you want? What do you love? What do you miss? Just just simple questions, nothing complex because then we're gonna completely misconstrue whatever comes and just sit. You might not hear anything. It might be five minutes later something pops into your head and you go, oh, what? What was that from you? So like I said, we all have this, but we just bury it under all these other, I don't know, personalities and identities and masks and all these things and ways of being that take us further and further from who we are.
1: You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Michael Overly. His new book is Let Your Dog Lead, Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life. And you can find out more about Michael and what he's working on at dogsandmen.com. So in the, in the book, in Let Your Dog Lead, you share some of the tiny shifts that can help bring us into a place of being more aware, being more present in our life. And I'm wondering if you can share some of those with us because it can feel, especially at times when there's a lot of grief or a lot of upheaval, or in times like now that are very disorienting kind of reactive times, it can be really hard to feel that kind of presence that I felt when I would throw the ball for pepper or when I was sitting with her on my lap. What are some of the shifts we can make to be more present, be more aware in our lives?
0: That's great. I love this one. I mean, there are thousands, I mean, about tens upon thousands and you can figure out your own as you go, excuse me, but it's just the tiniest thing. We're, We're so habituated. We're so patterned throughout our day, our routines, when we get up to the time we go back to bed that same night, if it's a work day, it's even more so. So, what is one little thing you can do differently? How about tomorrow morning, brush your teeth with the other hand? Hmm. Change the way you, you scrub your body when you're in the shower, and because most people go, you know, they do the left arm, then they do the right arm, and the left leg, and right you know, mix it up. All these things are just going to break these, you know, create these other little connections, break these habits of what you do because we're we we become mindless we can not mindful we become mindless in these activities and you start creating these new bridges to other synapses um change is possible so by doing a little thing going oh okay i'm safe that was cool you can do a bigger thing then you can do a bigger thing we're so afraid to get uncomfortable and this is one way to do it Um, there's a guy whose books I read. His name is Dr. Aziz Ghazipura. He he says, do the cold shower thing, like you're taking a shower and the last 30 seconds just blast it full cold. That gets you pretty uncomfortable pretty quick. But the exercise in itself is you're willing to be uncomfortable because most of us aren't. We run from pain. We run from any type of confrontation. Confrontation doesn't mean something bad, but we've turned it into something that we're so fearful of. So how can you get a little bit uncomfortable a little bit here a little more then a little more and realize hey that's not so bad i'm safe i can take care of myself
1: in your work as a coach what kinds of issues are the people you work with what are they working through what what kinds of things benefit from this approach of presence awareness vulnerability bonding that you
0: share? <laughs> All of them.
1: (laughs) He is the Omni coach. It's everything. No. So with
0: guys, there's, there's this, this expectation to, to be strong and be, be the man, be the leader, be, um, be perfect, be the caregiver, be the breadwinner. We have these expectations that are a lot of times super unrealistic. Once we can cut into this a little bit and realize, Hey, I made a mistake, and I don't. You know, not everybody's going to freak out and judge me about it. I'm okay. Oh, that wasn't so bad. So cutting through all these layers. Think about this: How many people did you have in your life from the time you were a little kid to now that were in positions of authority over you? You know, mother, father, teacher, preacher, all the coaches, co-workers, managers, bosses. All these people have an expectation of how you need to be in the world, and we try and meet that. All that does is take us further and further away from who we truly are because we think we have to do what they tell us to do, to be how they want us to be. So what we're trying to do is cut out all these other identities, these other things, and get to the bottom of all these things. But if we don't feel safe being vulnerable in the slightest way, then none of that's going to happen.
1: Wow. And it sounds easy to say that, and it's so it can feel so difficult to start to attempt it.
0: Oh absolutely. So I I think it can be simple, yes, easy, no. Huh.
1: Huh. That's a yes, that's a that's a good way to say it. And in that simplicity, you can break it down to like you said, the tiny shift, the tiny shift, the tiny shift, the willingness mm-hmm. to be present, and then and then the and then the opening. What is the big thing that my dog wants me to know? Uh,
0: oh, the bottom line. So the bottom line is that you are enough as you are, right in this moment and in every moment. So think about how your dog can just sit, eyes closed, face into the sun. Nothing else exists in that moment. Or there's a, a dog with its car hanging, um, dog in a car with its head hanging out the window. Nothing else exists in that moment. There's the wind, the flapping, the nostrils are going crazy. There's nothing else. They are completely safe. They know that in that moment, they are enough. They're totally okay. That is what they're trying to get us to realize, that we don't need all these things outside of ourselves to make us who we are.
1: Wow. Now I'm imagining my inbox blowing up after this interview airs. What about the cat people, Michael, and I'm sorry to bring it up, but there are cat people. are cats our cats healers too? They're so different. I've had dogs and cats in my life. They're so different. but do cats offer that that mm, a similar kind of bond or healing? I think they do.
0: I think they do. I resonate more with the dogs and so that's why I chose to focus on dogs, but I've had cats and they're fantastic. They, they bring a whole different set of tools to the party, though. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, they want to be overlords. Um, <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. But they so for some folks, these cats show them, um, we may think of it as indifference, or maybe we have trouble setting limits, right? Cat wants to play. Cat all of yeah. a sudden doesn't want to play. Yeah. We don't know how to take that. Oh, well, my cat's being a jerk. No, your cat is setting a limit. Why can't you set limits? So I actually coached a guy over in Pakistan a while ago on a show about this because he didn't have dogs. He had cats. We went through this whole thing and he was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> so it's 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 paying attention to your animal, whether it's a bird or a cat or a dog or a horse. Horses are massive healers. They're incredible. Um, yeah, that. but that it takes you to open up to that, to realize that there's something else your cat or dog or horse is trying to tell you.
1: Oh, I love it! Now, tell—we just got a couple minutes left together. Tell me about this summit that's happening.
0: Oh, this is cool. This is my first time doing this, and I, I've been like, ah, terrified. Um, it's called Everybody Hurts Summit: Trauma, Dogs, and Healing. So, I've brought together this really interesting collection of speakers—from psychotherapists to animal communicators to dog trainers—to talk about trauma. And how these animals are actually helping us get through all of these things at whatever level and whatever their experience. We're not waking up to this. And the potential for us to help ourselves is immeasurable if we can just start to open a little bit more.
1: How can people find out more about that summit?
0: Um, I'm posting the update on my website right now. It's um, the site for the summit hasn't opened up yet because we're about a month, just over a month away, but it'll be March 18th, 19th. Um, updates will be on my website, and I'll post the link to the new website on there
1: later. So that's excellent. So that's at DogsAndMen.com for updates on that Everybody Hurts Summit in March, Michael. Thank you so much for talking with me. Is there one last thing you'd like to share with us from our dogs? Yeah,
0: you guys are all awesome. It doesn't matter if you're skinny, if you're overweight, if you got hair or not, if your belly hangs over your waistband, your dog doesn't care. Why should you? Just try and love someone a little bit more today. Maybe it's a coworker that drives you bonkers. You don't have to fully forgive them but just try and open yourself up a tiny bit more and see what that gets you.
1: I love it. Michael, thank you for talking with us. Today That's great fun. Um, That's Michael Overly. His new book is Let Your Dog Lead, Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life. And you can find out more about Michael and his work at dogsandmen.com. And if you're interested in more information about that summit that's launching in the middle of March, Everybody Hurts, there will be details about that updates for you at dogsandmen.com as well. And of course, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session there with me if you want to connect voice to voice. And for fun with knitting and jigsaw puzzles and more out of the fog, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook where I'm Fog City Psychic. You know, I believe that when we are able to sit in that vulnerability, when we're able to open to possibility, when we're able to connect with the possibility of receiving deeper love, that maybe we are okay, maybe there is more to learn. When we do that, when we focus on peace, when we open our hearts, things change. And if you agree with me about that or are curious enough to want to experiment, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. From that site, my wife and I do a, a monthly free guided meditation where we come together for 15 minutes, people from all over the world, And we focus for those 15 minutes on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. There are at openpeacefulheart.com. You can sign up for reminders so you know when we're doing our next live meditation. But you can also stream a ton of good meditations over the, gosh, more than five years, maybe six or seven years now that we've been running this project. If you resonate with that need for more presence, more stillness, more openness, check out openpeacefulheart.com. Maybe there's a meditation on there that speaks to you. Now, thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.